This is a Rio Grande Guardian International News Service report on border business. So, go ahead and start off with just a snapshot of a report that we put out every quarter that basically highlights the main factors that developers are going to look for. Developers, tenants, and you know, just any industrial user, these are the, the main factors that they look for. Vacancy rate, net absorption, absorption meaning how much space was occupied, occupied in a positive way or how much was vacated. Either they, they shrunk or they left the market. Uh, obviously, uh, stuff that we have on construction and what the rates are. So uh, the biggest thing that developers are going to look for other than how many people are out there looking for the product is other rates there. Will they justify me building, you know, a multi-million-dollar facility if I'm only going to get, you know, a, a small uh, lease rate? It's taken us some time, but as you can see, at page 23, for those of you that are not familiar, that's the per square foot price on an annual basis. So that comes out to about 52 cents a month. That's a record high. We have never been at that rate ever since I've been in, in industrial real estate. You know, like Carlos said, almost 20 years. Uh, we've always kind of gravitated towards the low 30s and maybe mid 30s and up to 40 cents when, when days were good. Now, like I said, we're at 52 cents. But one thing to keep in mind is that that rate, 52 cents, really accounts for existing space. And something to also keep in mind is that existing space at this point, as you see, at one point in vacancy, meaning there's hardly any left. But what is left, a lot of companies might say that, you know, it could be more efficient. It could be taller, it could be, it could have a better truck port, uh, better offices or better roof, whatnot. Um, so some of that, it will still get consumed. Matter of fact, I think probably all of it will get consumed. Um, we might see a vacancy rate of 0 0.5 or maybe even zero, who knows. But uh, the fact that vacancy rate is so low is putting that pressure on the market to put new product. Because one of the other things that we track as brokers are users in the market. Basically, who's knocking, who's knocking on the door here in the market? Who's getting tires? Who's looking for space? And typically, we track about a million and a half square feet of people that are looking for industrial facilities. And at this point, we're tracking 2.5. So that's another million square feet that we normally track. And that's a result of the limited inventory that we have in the market. So obviously, as, as tight as, as the tighter it gets, the more interest we're going to see from people because they're going to be desperate for more space. Um, the, the negative that we'll see there, 63,165, that was just a result of a vacancy that we saw recently. But again, that's basically more product that got put back in the market. And for tenants that are looking for a lower uh, cost, meaning 623, uh, they're going to try to jump on that. Because if you go for new construction, which again has the benefits of being a more efficient uh, facility and, and allows you to, to just kind of be more effective in, in the way you run your operation, it's going to be higher than 623. You know, just while parking it, you're probably going to be upwards of $8 uh, to start, so just to kind of put things in perspective. And as you'll see in the, in the little chart there at the bottom, on the, uh, right-hand side, that's you know kind of a historical output of absorption and vacancy. And as you see that, that purple line, the vacancy, we're at an all-time low in terms of what's available in the market. So as 
Governor Marquez was saying, we are seeing a record high number of manufacturing requirements, but that also produces logistics requirements because a lot of those manufacturing operations, they want to maximize their square footage to actually produce a product as opposed to storing it. So what they do is they'll contract that portion of the business out to what we call third-party logistics companies. You know, guys like DSB, you know, Cunanago, Main Freight, those guys, they're the warehouse specialists. They'll bring the product into their warehouse, they'll process it, and then whenever it's ready, they'll ship it out to whatever destinations the manufacturer needs. So rather than the manufacturer taking on their square footage on their own, they'll just contract it out to the best the best price that a logistics company can offer. So again, that goes to the concept of the supplier base. The more manufacturing we see on the Mexico side and here and on the Texas side, it's only going to produce more supplier base. And we will benefit from that because we're getting more and more efficient in terms of our transportation. You see the toll road that's being under construction. You see the improvement of the interstate highway. So all that makes a lot of these these new developments just seem a lot more reasonable. So what I'm going to do is I'll show a couple of developments that that are in the process to actually deliver space. There's plenty of property owners out there that control land that are able to manufacture or produce a an industrial facility, but some a lot of those developers are waiting for an actual lease to show up, a signed contract. That way the risk is low. But I'm only going to focus on the developers that are actually building from spec, meaning we don't have a signed contract from anybody, but we're still going to build it because we have faith in the market that someone's going to come lease it. So that actually reduced the pool of candidates that are out there. I'm going to go ahead and move over to that side. This map here is actually going to show where those developers are located. The orange bubbles represent the international bridges. So we see Anseldúas, number one, number two being Hidalgo, and number three being the Far Bridge. The blue will actually indicate where the developments are located at. Number one being Anseldúas Kilim Industrial Park, which is Rene Alcalá down here. And number two, McAllen South Industrial Park, which we have with Dr. Marquez, as he's promoting that. We have Far Bridge Business Park, number three, that's over on the far side. And then we have Capote Industrial Park, uh, also in FAR, and finally, Majestic International Trade Board. So that's a combination of regional ownership, local ownership, and institutional ownership. This market uh, you know, distinguishes itself from the fact that we're very diversified in the type of companies that we have down here. It could be medical devices, it could be food processing centers, manufacturing, automotive, electricity. You name it, we have it down here. The same goes for development. We have the institutional guys that are coming back to the market because at one point they left because the markets were so, you know, down in terms of the lease rate. So they came, they made an initial investment, and then left when when the when we got hit with the recession. Now they're starting to come back. Uh, we receive calls just about every week from different developers across the country that are looking in this area because they see what's going on across the border and they know that this side is gonna benefit from it. 
So I'm going to go ahead and just give you some examples in terms of their uh, marketing so you can see kind of what it looks like. This one is going to be the Killam uh, Industrial Park right next to the Ansel Lewis International Bridge. You'll see the bridge on the right hand side of the bottom. This is uh, the layout of the park as it stands right now. They obviously will be selling some lots and are open to build opportunities, but they're going to actually kick off uh, with one, one building of, the, of their own. At this point, it could be anywhere between 70,000 to maybe 120,000 square feet that, that they're gonna put on the ground. Again, uh, betting on the fact that the market is strong enough that users are gonna come by and actually lease that warehouse. So again, Killam would be considered a regional developer, you know, based out of Laredo, but definitely have plenty of experience with the uh, with industrial leasing. They're they're a big player over in Laredo, and obviously they came in and became a big player down here in the in the Rio Grande Valley. So we're excited about that one. They're undergoing uh, infrastructure development right now. Obviously, they have to put in all the services, electricity, plumbing, uh, sewage, and uh, I think you guys are actually dealing with the railroad. Company, right? It actually runs through there. I saw Juan around here somewhere, so there he is. <laughs> so, you know, just, just a, another point. Uh, I think Carlos Marquez mentioned a little bit. It's easier said than done. Because at this point, where we're, we call, uh, we're out of the pocket parks, meaning you can't build a building in an existing industrial park anymore. You have to go out, buy, you know, raw land, farmland, possibly, and put in all the services. That is. A monumental feat in itself. So, the fact that we have different companies already doing that in different parts of the valley is breaking really. So, we're actually, for cities especially, it's beneficial because obviously it's going to turn raw farmland into actual tax, you know, earning. <coughs> good for everybody. Next, we have the uh, McAllen South Industrial Park. This one is actually, if you're familiar with the uh, with the Warehouse Kingdom down on 23rd and uh, Military Highway. This will actually be directly east of that development. Uh, this is about 120 acres that, again, was raw land. It was formed uh, a couple years ago. And uh, obviously the, the, the group made that purchase, uh, actually almost systems and, and, uh, and the phallics. And obviously that was my guess the one marketing this development. And to start off, obviously they will be selling lots that are available with infrastructure in place, meaning whoever buys it can come and just build their facility with all the services already in place. So they'll be doing a lot of the heavy lifting for, for any buyers. But they're gonna start off uh, with 199,200 square foot cross dock build. What does that mean? That means they have dock doors on both sides of the building. So um, either they can cut that up into several suites, up to possibly four, or it could be a single user that can be more efficient bringing product from one end of the building and setting the, the other product on the back side of it. So uh, obviously, uh, as you can tell from the rendering, it's, it's going to be a pretty nice looking building and uh, a big change from just looking at the corn or sorghum growing there to a nice industrial facility. Um, so this is what the master layout looks like for that part. Number four is the one that we're talking about here. And this is just a, a concept, obviously it can change, but that's what they could potentially put on the ground. If somebody wanted to come in and buy one of those lots, they can you know, reconfigure as they see fit. But uh, 
obviously within the, the, the confines of the, the partner relations. But this is just to give you an idea of what that part could potentially look like if, if they built it out themselves. And this is where it's, uh, where it's located, like I mentioned, it's just south of the airport, you know, just uh, west of uh, 10th Street along Military Highway on the south side. <coughs> the next one is Farbridge Business Park. Um, this is actually local ownership as well. This is actually put, this is a concept that was put together by a transportation company that bought some land in the city of Far, developed it, and they built a 100,000 square foot building initially to occupy themselves. And what ended up happening? Well, when you put something new on the ground, a lot of interest comes your way. And they put three on the ground so far. We actually represent them. And every single one of those three buildings, when they're trying to occupy themselves, they end up leasing it to somebody else for at least a good portion of it, just because that's how much demand there is for new product. So they've been pretty successful in, in that model. So, um, you know, it, it, from an investment standpoint, it's actually a, a, kind of like a sure shot. Either you can use it and turn a profit on your business, or just take a step back and just lease it to somebody else and it's income producing. So it's a win-win. It's a, it's a and just kind of give you an example of the, uh, the development that they do. This is actually by the Far Bridge, like the name indicates, but as you'll see from the colors, you can see it if you're in line at the Far Bridge mile away so it actually works um, that's up the, uh, the 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 layout on the side on the right kind of give you an idea of the way those buildings are, are laid out the pink ones those are the ones that are already leased out and existing and then the ones to the left that land uh, they took on additional that they purchased more so now they, they have a total of 88 acres but they can build more facilities and the plan is right now we're waiting for the uh, the red range for the new one they're going to start Construction on um, hopefully by next year. I think uh, our friends at Plains are probably helping with that. But uh, yeah, that's going to be another hundred thousand square feet. And again, that's beneficial for companies since it's right alongside the the, uh, the Far Bridge. But on San Luis is about to enjoy that same benefit too. It's just a little bit of an overview on the development. And then the next one is Capote. That also is local ownership. Interesting story with that, that uh, they didn't necessarily buy raw land and start developing, they actually owned the land. Uh, there were farmers and uh, they were approached by the guys over at Best White way back in the day and just kind of put a bug in his ear and said, hey, you're sitting on this prime land next to the bridge. Why don't you build an industrial facility and see how it goes? And sure enough, it just took off from there, like wildfire. And at this point, I think they're they're working on their, they just finished 160,000 square feet last year, and we're about, I'm saying we because we're working on a deal with them. Uh, I don't represent them, but uh, we're pretty close to getting the, the whole thing leased, uh, hopefully within a month, across my fingers. But uh, once that happens, they already have the plans ready for the following building. And they put this one in record time. I think it took them like seven months to complete it. So. Uh, once once we get done with that, like I said, probably in another month, they'll start moving dirt on the next facility, which is this one, another 160,000 square feet. This kind of gives you an idea of the way the building's going to be laid out. This is what we call the rear loader. All the doctors are in the back of the warehouse. And give you some more details there. And as you'll see, 
The other building that's to the side there uh, that has a pink and the blue, that's what's existing right now. That's the only thing that they have left. As soon as that gets leased up the 50,000 square feet, they'll jump onto the next. That'll be a mirror of the existing building. And then lastly, this is going to be uh, Majestic Realty doing their project here in FAR uh, by the name of Majestic International Trade Port. Uh, these guys are institutional grade, meaning they own properties all over the country. They're actually the largest industrial developer in the country. And the message there to the community is, if those guys saw the potential in this market, that should tell you just how well positioned we are. They, um, they struck a deal to secure 600 acres in far, and uh, they're gonna start developing two buildings at once. Instead of one, they're gonna go with two. Uh, we represent them, so no pressure there. It's at least two buildings at once. But uh, we're expecting to start moving dirt uh, probably by the end, maybe by December. Like I said, a lot of work has to be done to lay in the infrastructure, and this was no, this was not different at all. We had a lot of entities that had to work uh, alongside with us, the irrigation districts, the city, um, you know, the RMA. So. It took a while. It's, it's been a couple of years that we've been working on this, but we've made significant progress. You'll see in this area, in relation to the International Bridge, the bottom left, that blue line represents the road that trucks are going to have to follow as soon as they cross the bridge. 